0: The Islanders go into the All Star break five points out of a wild card spot. Patrick Wah really seems to be giving Barzell a green light to really unleash his offensive instincts. Noah Dobson got squeezed out. I'm sure he won't be miserable as he's on the beach somewhere warm. Gabagool Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 178. And yes, another episode that's going to be very heavily Patrick Waugh-centric. And hi, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday. And uh, yes, 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 we'll be talking a lot about the Islanders' new coach, the legendary former Canadian and Avalanche goalie, who took over for the fired Lane Lambert on January 20th. Our last podcast episode was also essentially devoted to Patrick Waugh, but look, he he remains the story uh, for the New York Islanders. And uh, I'll play you an interview I did with fellow Hall of Famer, Pierre Turgeon, who was just in town for the Islanders alumni weekend, and he played both against Patrick Waugh, famously in the 1993 playoff series, the uh, uh, conference final, and, of course, then got traded to the Canadians and was a teammate with Patrick Waugh. And I'll finish up with you. You really loaded up the inbox this week, and I appreciate it, but I'll answer a ton of your questions for Andrew's answers. But when we spoke last, it was Neil Best and I uh, sitting in a uh, Up in the press box at UBS Arena after Patrick Waugh won his debut with the Islanders uh, when we last spoke, that was a 3-2 overtime win. Uh, they came back against the Dallas Stars. That was on January 21st. It was the end of a, a whirlwind kind of t- 24 to 48 hours. Patrick Waugh later in the week let us know that uh, really Lou Lamarillo had offered him the job on on. Uh, on the Friday, he said. Um, so that would have been on January 19th, and that was at the end of a o three and one road trip. The Islanders lost to Chicago 4-3 in overtime on the 19th as Patrick Wah was making his way from Florida, where he came off the golf course, up to Montreal, where he grabbed a car, and then he drove down... To Long Island, he was introduced to all of us on the 20th. As the Islanders made the announcement, he would take over for the fired Lane Lambert. And then, of course, on January 21st, he wins his debut 3-2 against the Stars. So what have we seen since then? Well, we, we've actually seen, uh, if you look closely, we, we've seen some of his systematic changes taking place. They're a little bit better on breakouts. Uh, They're not hugging the net defensively as much. He's got the defenseman heading into the corners a little bit, cutting down gaps, playing a little bit more aggressively. Yet, um, they have not won uh, since that 3-2 overtime win against the Stars. They came out the next night uh, on the 23rd. Played a really good game, I thought, but they lose 3-2 to Vegas, and Vegas defending Stanley Cup champions. We all know how good they are. Um, Thought that was a decent game, and then they go up to Montreal, and uh, that was a game certainly you think, you know, uh, if you're a playoff contender, uh, the Canadians are out of the playoffs. You you certainly think those are two points you got to get, but the Islanders got nothing out of that. Um, they lose four three um down three nothing in that game um, and they come back and uh, of course adam Pellick gets walloped by brendan gallagher in the neutral zone a really predatory flyby hit um that you know look we all saw what we all, we saw the islanders are not going to come out and say adam Pellick has a, uh, a concussion, but it was an illegal check to the head. And the NHL said that Adam Pellick suffered an injury on that play. So we can all draw our own conclusions. The Islanders lose Adam Pellick. The, the Canadians, uh, Brendan Gallagher gets a five game suspension. He was not, uh, it was a, a phone hearing rather than an in-person. So he got the max five games for a phone hearing. Uh, I, I sort of, you know, I, I agree with the masses here, at least from the Islander masses, uh, that side of things. I, I think Gallagher deserved more than five games for, I, I don't even know how you argue against that. He he saw Pellick, he lifted his elbow directly up into Pellick's helmet, into Pellick's head. And uh, Pellick was woozy on the ice, looked dazed, helped off the ice and... You, you really you, you start to worry about adam pellic and and his career going forward this uh he missed what was it 21 games 2021 20, games last season with a concussion if this is a second long concussion absence you you really start to worry about him because um the science shows that these brain injuries and again the islanders are not calling it a brain injury but you know, if this is what we all think it is for Adam Pellick, these, these brain injuries, these concussions, these head injuries, they compound. They they get worse over time. Um, and one begats another. So you, you really start to worry about Adam Pellick. Um, just going back to, to Patrick Roy, uh that that day in Montreal, uh, it was electric. The Bell Center is always, it's probably my favorite place to see a game in this in the NHL, um, the, the, the crowd is great up there. The presentation is great. Uh, the montage of Patrick Waugh's career with the Canadians during the Canadian National Anthem. Um, you know, some reporters were saying, boy, you know, Patrick Waugh went on for, for two days, Uh, the the practice day beforehand, uh, saying he wasn't going to have a morning skate because he didn't want to make that day about him. And then the the game day, Patrick Waugh, again, he doesn't want to make it about him and then the Canadians go and make it about Patrick Watt. and uh you know a few a few Montreal reporters thought that was very very deliberate there a little bit of gamesmanship but gamesmanship or not it was it was a beautiful montage and it was a really electric stirring moment where where the audience the crowd at Bell Center Got to say thanks to Patrick Waugh. They've done so before, obviously. They retired his number and everything. But uh, it it was a a great moment. But the Islanders lose that game. They they, they come all the way back to 3-3 with... uh, two power play goals on on Gallagher's well deserved match penalty and then uh they they give up the winner real quickly after that uh, you know how Lou Lamarello hates singling out guys but pa- uh, Pierre involved with a couple of really bad turnovers uh leading to two goals in that game um and then uh they 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 they, they come back again they they force overtime but they they lose to uh the Panthers on uh, the 27th. That was on Saturday as the Islanders go into their all-star break, uh, which is where we are now. Uh, Matthew Barzell, the Lone Islander, going up there. I'll have a a couple of thoughts on that in a little bit. But uh, first, uh, before we get too into this, um, I cornered Pierre Turgeon. Uh, during Alumni Weekend, and I threw some questions out to him. Uh, Pierre Turgeon obviously going into the Hall of Fame this year to join Patrick Waugh in the Hallowed Hall. Um, And Pierre Turgeon, uh, nothing but positive about what he thinks and and expects from his friend and his former teammate, Patrick Waugh, as the Islanders coach.
1: You played both against Patrick and with him, right? Yep, so yep, yep. W- what was your reaction first when you found out he was going to be the Islanders' new coach?
2: I think it's so exciting for uh, New York, for here, yeah. for the Islanders fans. Uh, he's a uh, uh, he's, he's a winner. Yeah. You know, he's a friend. Uh, and and he's, he's intense. There's no doubt he's going to demand a lot. Uh but he's got some experience. He's been there for a lot of years. Yeah. He's got the passion for it. Uh, and he's gonna bring that passion. Yeah. And uh, and he's gonna be you know, he's gonna be demanding. There's no doubt about that. He's yeah. I mean, just yeah, he's he's just gonna be a guy that wants to uh he, he wants to he wants to be uh he wants to be a, uh, he, wants to be a uh, he wants to win. So I think it's it's a great thing. I mean he it's gonna take you know, it's not gonna be you yeah. know overnight but it's going to be some, taking some time and, and it's a process and, and I it think it's a great choice I, yeah. I I played with him in Montreal um you know and uh he demand his players even as a goalie he he yeah. wanted to so in all respect to him you know he do, he's done what he's done there's a reason for it
1: were you were you surprised I know Lou doesn't tell anyone you know his thoughts really, but yeah. when you, you heard Lou was hiring him were you surprised that it was patrick uh, I think so thank
2: you I think well yes and no, I mean I know you know he's been looking and, and you know he had a he, he he's he he's been looking out of what was i think was maybe he, there yeah. I, you know you could look at different teams that. Uh, I, so but I, I think it's uh, it's uh I was a little surprised that he was coming here I didn't know if they would have made that you know but I think it's exciting to see yeah. um, you know he's uh, you know even in practice I mean I I know you know yeah. he demands he's just in and, and uh, uh, but he's he's gonna pen you know he's his life is around that yeah. you know, he wants that's what he wants to do and uh, there's no doubt that I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be helpful for here.
1: Really, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know you say he's demanding, and and you can see how he holds his players accountable. Oh, right? Yeah. When okay. you first went to Montreal, obviously, yeah. this is a guy you had played. It. What was your first interactions with him like? And you know, I knew Patrick since I was eighteen. Okay. So we had the same
2: agent. Pierre yeah. like,
1: Lacroix was our agent. Oh great! Uh, yeah. So we
2: got to be close. Very close with years, we used to have dinner after games, and and yeah. uh, and I do have a lot of respect for Pat. Yeah. Um, you know, he's uh, so so. To me, when I got in Montreal, it was easy. You know, yes. we just we just drove together all the time, and we I live right beside Pat, yeah. and uh, and uh, so we spent a lot of time for a year and a half. I was only there for a year and a half, and then Patrick's situation happened when yeah. he was in Montreal and things, and got traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, yeah. But he. Uh, you know, uh, I loved it. I wish I would have played a little longer with him, but, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, it's because uh, you know when you have a goalie like this, and yeah. there's a chance you could win the Stanley Cup. And yeah. that was my that's when I, that was my thinking when I moved there.
1: Well, speaking of that, I mean, I know in 93, Lou and Patrick were sort of joking that the one thing they don't talk about is the 2001 Cup Final between <laughs> the Avs and the, and the Devils. Yeah. How, how much did you and Pat discuss the 93 series between the Islanders and, and the Canadiens?
2: I mean, we never, you know, we didn't do it uh, during the season. We did talk about it after, you know, after the season and so for briefly. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's conversation here and there, uh, and uh, but we had, you know, many conversations during, during, when we were playing. And, and like I said, we used to go for dinner after and, you know, talking about the games and maybe talking about something else. We didn't yeah. have to then talk about hockey all the time too, which is fine, you know. Yeah. So um, no, it's it's been. Uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I think I'm happy for the fans here. Yeah. And I saw one in his interview, the first thing he said it's about the fans, you sure. know, and I'm like I'm loving this. Yeah. You know? And he's right. At the end of the day it's you 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 the fans wanna wanna see um, good hockey yeah. and uh, they'll definitely see good good coaching. And I think you learn a lot with the experience with the Avalanche. I think he learned a lot with being, going back to junior. And, and, you know, he's got, you know, he's, he's older now. I think he's got a lot of experience. And uh, and I think the Islanders going to benefit from that.
1: Did you, I, I don't know if you watched the game in Montreal the other year. I did, know, part you, of it,
2: part of it. Did yeah. you
1: catch the beginning with the, the crowd and his pictures? Unbelievable. Yeah. It like Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. You
2: know, it was just, it's just, it, but he's... He goes in. He what he did in Montreal was incredible. I mean, yeah. he says yeah, yeah. and uh, and uh, coming in the league and uh, and the butterfly and what he brought to be hot the game of the NHL and the NHL mm. as a goalie. Yeah. he changed a lot of things. You know, yeah. a lot of people used to be standing up and two pads slide, and they right. were just. And next thing you know, he brought that style yeah. and the butterfly style and. Uh, and he was one of them for sure that it started. The next thing you know is all the kids from Quebec they were doing it. Yep. And you saw a ton of goalies coming out from, and they got to be everywhere in the world after that. So it was uh it's it's fun to see the impact he had on on the, in the NHL and as a goalie and uh, what, he, what he's done to, to his career. And now he's doing uh, you know, something still involved in hockey. He loves the game, and I think it's fun to see.
1: I was going to ask you, obviously you were an elite goal scorer. You mm-hmm. had a great shot mm-hmm. the whole thing. How tough? Was he to shoot against because of that style?
2: Yeah, uh, I, you know I score some goals against yeah. him. I have a pla a plaque at home that my 500 goals. So he's uh, he's he's in there. I gotta let him know that. I sh- maybe I should show him a picture of that. But you know, uh, he was hard. You yeah. know, he was hard because he, he took a lot of room. When he butterfly, he was always in position to retrieve the puck. Yeah, and uh, you know it could be a push across. It could be, and when he, if he did the two pad slide, it's because you could tell. He was in the place he couldn't really get there, so he did everything he could to get there. Yeah. And uh, but he was uh, he was very uh, technically, positionally good in, in a good place a lot of times. And he made himself sit himself big, yeah. and he had a bunch of cheaters all over the place too. He used <laughs> to, you know, with the blocks and, and, and the shoulder pads and, and the jerseys and things yeah. that you know he made it. He made it really. He made it harder. And then yeah. the rules came in at one point and said, okay, can't go the pad. Could go as wide, or yeah. love couldn't be as wide, and and then the jersey that they're kind of yeah. having a web, you know, red you know, in the between the, the arms, and so he he and they made some rule because of it, and, and, yeah. and uh, but he was still an in incredible time so. and,
1: and just to bring it back to the beginning, Patrick as a player and as a coach, sort of you see the same person. In he's ter- in,
2: he's intense, there's yeah. no doubt. He wants to be, he wants to win. Yeah. So I, I think he's gonna. Practice and he's gonna be, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be in demand just the way he's gonna talk and he's gonna to talk to the players all the time. They really communicate things always. You can hear that whistle all the time that he's got. You know, he does, and it, it's funny, you know, and uh, that's what
1: he does. He, you know? he, he did that as a player, too? Or, uh, he, he, no, no, n- don't, n- yeah,
2: from, from no, he no, did, no I don't okay. think, yeah. So okay. he was, as a coach, when I yeah. used to see it the first time, I'm like, wow, this is different. doesn't need a whistle, you know, he's got his own. <laughs> so he, he's, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm exciting for him. I'm exciting for the team. I'm exciting for the fans. Yeah. I think he, uh, you know, what a great, great uh, challenge for him to come in. And, and there's no doubt that he's going to put, you know, everything he's got in there because that's how he is. Yeah.
0: So that, that was Patrick's first week with the team. Again, uh, one, one, two and one. Um, and the Islanders are going to have to do better if they want to make the playoffs. And Patrick knows that the players know that and time is growing short. It's, uh, uh, 33 games, uh, hit the ground running out of the all-star break. They, They have a a game up in Toronto. Um, They've beaten the Maple Leafs twice. Uh, Obviously, would uh, certainly like to sweep the season series there. Uh, A tough schedule coming up. they got home games, three-game homestand after that. The Lightning, uh, who are ramping up, and and the Flames come in. Uh, you got the Kraken coming in as well. Um, And then you go to the Stadium Series game, uh, against the uh, the Rangers at MetLife Stadium and, and then, you know, a uh, couple of more road trips uh, for the last five after the Stadium Series game on the road. Go back to Pittsburgh, you make your annual trip to St. Louis, come back. So you're hosting the Lightning twice in one month. Those are very tough games. And then you go out to Dallas and Detroit, which is going to be a, a very tough trip as well making the playoffs for this team look it's statistically possible they're 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 there they 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 got to bump up their wins percentage they got to knock down their goal differential uh start scoring some more goals start giving up fewer goals really but uh the islanders go into the all-star break five points out of a wild card spot and that's behind the Detroit Red Wings they're in a group of uh, contenders, uh, the Islanders with 52 points, the Pittsburgh Penguins with 51 points. They've played three fewer games going into the break. The Devils have 51 points. They've played two fewer games. The Capitals have 51 points. They've played two fewer games. Uh, you look a little bit further down. I know I said the Canadians not necessarily a playoff contender, but they're there at... 48 points, uh, same amount of games. So uh, it's a tight pack. Uh, The Islanders really, you know, uh, they're going to be competing. Uh, You got to think the Maple Leafs, who have the first wild card spot, are going to get in. Um, You got to pick off the Red Wings, maybe. Uh, Because, look, that Atlantic division could well have five teams getting in. you got to think the Boston Bruins are going to the playoffs. They're at 71 points. The Panthers at 66 points. They're going to the playoffs. The Lightning have 59 points. They are playing better, as I mentioned, and uh, you, you certainly... You certainly think the Lightning are going to the playoffs, right? And then, then you got to think the Maple Leafs are going into the playoffs. They have 58 points. Uh, that would be a boy, would that be a story if the Maple Leafs fell out of a, a playoff spot. So you have the Red Wings and the Islanders competing with the Penguins and, and the Devils who may get better if they can acquire a goalie, uh, which certainly seems to be the direction they should be thinking uh, at the trade deadline. Um, don't know if the Caps are going to be able to make a push, and I, I, I think the same thing for the Penguins. I sort of put the Caps and the Penguins in, in the same spot, Um uh, the Sabres, we keep thinking every year is going to be their year. It never seems to be their year. But uh, it's tough sledding for the Islanders to beat out some of these teams, especially uh, given that the Atlantic Division could could get five. And that means that the Islanders got to slip into the uh, top three in the Metropolitan Division. The Rangers the Rangers are slipping. They have not been a good team now or or, or I shouldn't say that they shouldn't, they haven't been more than a mediocre team now for, for well over a month. Um, they, they, they're still in the lead in the metropolitan just by two points over the Carolina hurricanes, who I think we all think are going to wind up winning this division, even with some shaky goaltending. The really the the the, the, the fulcrum or the, or the real mystery in the in the Metropolitan Division is what happens with the Philadelphia Flyers, obviously losing goalie Carter Hart. Um, we know the situation there, leave of absence. All believe that's tied into the the Hockey Canada uh, scandal there. Um, so the, the Flyers could be hurting in net. Um, and then, uh, you know, all along, Daniel Briere and Keith Jones have said they're, they're going to probably be more sellers than buyers at the trade deadline. So are, are the Islanders good enough? Uh, they're, they're four points behind the Flyers. Uh, really, you gotta, Think about getting into the top three in the Metropolitan Division, if you're the Islanders, to guarantee a playoff spot. And honestly, if they get to three, given that I think Carolina's going to overcome the Rangers for first place, that's setting up a Ranger-Islander playoff series. Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? But uh, that, that could be... The, the 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 first time the islanders and rangers play in the playoffs since 94 so that would be a a nice little you know reward at the end of this if the islanders manage to start playing better under patrick Wa start collecting two points instead of giving away points a, a lot of ifs here um so uh let's see I just uh, looking through my notes, uh, I, I talked a little bit about what Patrick Waugh, what we've seen from him in the first week, and what he's trying to fix. And he's, he keeps talking about baby steps, and he started in the defensive zone, and, and he's trying to get the uh, defensemen to work on their gaps and, and not just stand in front of the net and protect that and let the attackmen, uh, the forwards operate in the corners or along the walls. He wants them attacking him and, or, or, or in the circles. Um, and then he started working on breakouts and then he gets to the neutral zone and what he wants to see there. And it's all about playing a faster, higher pressure game. Um, and uh, we, we've started to see some of that and, uh, the, the players certainly see it. You know, Matthew Barzell mostly has probably been the most vocal about how excited he is about this. I'm sure Matthew Barzell feels like, you know, some of the shackles have come off in, in terms of, you know, having to uh, <laughs> come back and, and 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 not that Matthew Barzell not going to play defense, but it, Patrick Waugh. Uh, more so than Barry Trotz or Lane Lambert, really seems to be giving Barzell a green light to really unleash his offensive instincts. Um, A couple other things to go over. I mentioned Matthew Barzell. I, I am going up to Toronto uh, for the All-Star weekend. Uh, I'm going to be up there for six days because that's where the Islanders start. Uh, so I'll just meet him up there. And I'll tell you what this is a revamped, uh, a revamped All Star Weekend, whatever you want to call it, festivities. It's now three days. There's uh, on Thursday. There's going to be a draft where they divvy up the teams, and then uh, the new look skills or whatever kind of competition you call it amongst the twelve players is on Friday, and then the three on three tournament on Saturday. And a couple of aisle-centric points, and, and I said this to Matthew Barzell as well, it is, it's ridiculous that Matthew Barzell is not going to be in the skills competition, and it was a, voted on by fans... And this whole All-Star Weekend has turned into just basically a Canadian, uh, I'm not talking about I-E-N, but the the country, Canadian, C-A-N-A-D-I-A-N, a Canadian popularity contest, uh, the, the voters in Canada, Uh, They rocked the vote, and they got, you know, like J.T. Miller got voted into the skills competition. Now, do you want to see, no disrespect to J.T., but do you want to see Matthew Barzell skating full speed around the ice or in whatever, uh, you know, new categories there are, or do you want to see J.T. Miller? And excuse me if you hear in the background, my little uh, doggy, I think, hears someone coming home, so excuse the barks there. But anyway, um, you know, or unless, you know, we, he's as upset about Matthew Barzell not being in the skills competition as I seem to be. But um, the All-Star Weekend, Matthew Barzell is not in it, which is just ridiculous. He even won Fastest Skater. So I, I think he should be grandfathered in, you know. if A, a past winner should should be allowed to, to compete again. Um, and also... No Noah Dobson in the All Star Weekend is is also a travesty to me because if there's one guy on the on the Islanders who is having an All Star season, it's Noah Dobson. and I think I spoke about this on a previous episode um, or I wrote about it, but really, uh, very few defensemen are going. It's very forward centric. Um, so Noah Dobson got squeezed out. I'm sure he won't be miserable as he's on the beach somewhere warm during the week. Um, but <laughs> still, <laughs> he, he deserved to be there with the season. He's already got a career high 52 points. Um, and then the last note is Zach Parisi is not coming back to the Islanders. Zach Parisi signed a one year, $825,000 uh, deal with the Colorado Avalanche and Matthew Barzell probably said what we were all thinking, which was if the Islanders record was better, Zach Parisi would have been here. But at 39, Parisi, you know, is this his last chance to uh, potentially win a Stanley Cup? Very well could be. So where where is he going to go to get that done? Colorado Avalanche have a lot better chance of winning the Stanley cup than the New York Islanders do. And, uh, and Zach Parise is now a Colorado avalanche and, uh, you know, the, the Islanders players really wanted him back. I'm sure Zach wanted to come back, but the, the Islanders are on the playoff bubble. And, uh, I, I don't think Zach, I, I think Zach needed a little bit, bit more playoff certainty, um, with wherever he signed. um, So those are my notes and now I'm going to uh, go over some of the topics that you'd like me to go over. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we'll start here with Gabagool, who said, "Why did the NHL wait so long to release the stadium jerseys?" And they were, they were just released uh, this week, a couple of days ago. And yeah, I, I, my reaction is, look, if the NHL couldn't get those stadium jerseys out for the Christmas uh, present season, then it, it, it's just a waste, right? I mean, you lose just from a marketing standpoint, you lost such a huge opportunity to sell these things, and then and then you take a look at the islanders jerseys and i know you know there there some people who like them uh, my my daughter's boyfriend was like yeah, yeah they're they're fantastic um i think they're a little bit plain they were designed to look like a rugby jersey um they do from you know from what i can glean uh one of the uh one of the issues was uh the Islanders didn't like, or whoever was making the decision for the Islanders, and it was not Lou Lamarillo, so let me just say that. Um, whoever was making the decision did not like the first few designs that came across the desk. So uh, I don't know if that was the holdup. Uh, they, the NHL released all of them at the same time. Again, to me, it's a miss by the NHL. Um, Michael says, "Do you say do you see Ishikov getting a shot with the Islanders?" And I, I know everyone would like me to say yes here. Um, I'm not necessarily seeing him getting a shot. And if you mean a shot, you know, making the team and and staying up here for a good eight to ten game run, it could very well be that he gets called up. Uh, you know, for a game or two at some point. But I, I, I really don't see him being an answer for the lineup. And that's just, uh, look, it's a size bias. I, I just don't think the Islanders think he's going at, at at his size is going to be able to compete adequately in the NHL. That's just the feeling I, I, I'm getting talking to, talking to people. Um, Corey Free says... I guess, who are the Islanders' potential trade targets? But more importantly, what are realistic packages that we have to give up to attain these players? And I love this line that Corey Free says, 75% of Twitter gets big packages in return for Martin and Clutterbuck. And I would say, you know, (laughs) it's probably closer to 90% on Twitter. Um, As far as potential trade targets... One guy I I think I've written this or said this uh for two or three straight seasons now but I I think Anthony Duclair would really bring a lot uh he would he would help this team out. Um he's on the trade block again. He always seems to be. Um so, you know, I I would certainly reach out uh, and potentially, uh, you know, find out what uh, the Sharks would want for Anthony Duclair um, in terms of a trade package. I'm sure the Sharks, specifically, there are thinking draft picks. So, you know, w- would a second round pick get it done? I-, I don't see the Islanders giving up a first rounder for an Anthony Duclair. Although the Sharks might ask, given lose pension for trading away. Um, uh, first rounders. Uh, look, if the Ottawa Senators are, uh, are are serious about trading Jacob Chitron, uh, um, you, you gotta at least call, right? Um, but that would be a huge package. There, you're, you're talking about a first rounder, and the Senators would probably ask about, uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, in that instance. Um, in terms of uh, forward prospects, you know, is Matt Maggio going to move the meter uh, on anything or, or William DeFore? I'm, I'm not too sure uh, right now. I, I, you know, some of the other guys that potentially could be traded, uh, like, are you excited if the Islanders could acquire uh, Frank Vitrano? Um, you know who, of course, is a a former uh, a ranger, and uh, you know, are you willing uh, to go? Are Are you willing to send a first round pick out there? Uh, you know, I'm sure the Islanders would love to include Oliver Wallstrom in any deal, but I don't think anyone's taking Wally at this point. So uh, again, for the for the bigger packages, teams. I I would certainly expect teams to start asking about Romanov. Um, and, and looking through the the rest of the lineup, uh, there there are not a ton of you know tradable enticing parts. You know, and by enticing I mean really you know young players. You know, Kyle McLean is is a nice part, but I don't think he's bringing back much in a trade at, at this point. Um, Julian Gauthier is not going to bring back much. Uh, Hudson Fashing is not going to bring back much. Uh, Pierre Engvall might bring back something, except you just signed him for seven years. I don't know many other teams who are going to want, you know, to be tied into a Pierre Engvall for seven years, even at a, a more cap-friendly number. Uh, and, and then defensively, at one point, I would have said, you you know, you might have to give up a Pulak or a Pelik. But they're so, you know, I, I hate using this phrase, but they're they are injury-prone uh, at this point. And, and I think with their contracts, other teams would shy away from that. Honestly, you know, for the high end, it, it, you know, teams are going to start asking for Noah Dobson. But I would think that's an absolute no-fly zone for Lou Lamarillo, or at least it should be. But, you know, to get anything of value, you know, higher end of value, you're, you're certainly, you're, you're probably looking at, at giving away or, or trading away another first round pick, I I would think, um, to, to begin with. Uh, let's see, Ross Belkin says, um, will Patrick Waugh fully get rid of Lane Lamberts, and he puts this in, quote, work by the end of the season? And, I will say this, yeah, the Patrick Waugh will fully implement his system uh before the end of the season. It will be Patrick Waugh's team uh by the end of the season. And then of course he gets a full training camp uh next next uh September to really uh put a stamp on thing. Um But with with Patrick's, you know, the way he works and how enthusiastic and how intense he is, yeah, this is it's his team. I think it's his team already. Um, let's see. Uh, Price Slaughterhouse Cooper says, assuming Adam Pellick is done for the season after the Gallagher hit, and I don't think you can discount the possibility that Adam Pellick could be out for the season. Uh, what defensemen do the Islanders target at the deadline if they're in a position to be buyers? And again, um, that that too is a good point. I'm not sure exactly how much they have to give up to become high-end buyers, but I I mentioned uh, Chikrin. Um, And also, you know, you you sometimes connect the dots, right? And uh, look, Lou is still tight with Barry Trotz, who's the uh, GM with the Nashville Predators now. So would the two of them start talking about the framework for a deal for, uh, say, uh, Tyson Barry? If uh, if the the uh, the Predators are going to move on from him, Tyson uh, being a a, a a right shooting defenseman, and uh, uh, the reports out of Nashville is that you know, Barry might want a trade. Um, so you know it, it, it's going to be a tough. Tough move. Tyson Barry is 32 and his cap hits 4.5 million. But of course, if, if Pellick's on LTIR for the rest of the season, that's a, that's a move you can make. And again, uh, you know, Lou and and Barry, you know, they, they talk anyway. So why not talk about that? Uh, let's see. Scott says, who are the top three most tradable players on the Islanders you think would be traded? Um, Now, now this is a guy I I like where his development is this season, and I would want to hold on to him. But if you're talking about trade value, I I think Alex Romanov has a ton of trade value right now. I mean, Noah Dobson's trade value is off the charts, but he would not be traded. Um, You know, I've been saying, uh, you know, you you maybe look into a a Jean-Gabriel Pajot and see you know what he can bring back and, and again there are a lot of no movement clauses uh, for uh, and no trade clauses so the Islanders and Lou uh, Lamarillo have to work amongst that um, uh, I'm looking up uh, Pajot right now he has a modified no trade co- uh, clause so you could potentially uh, trade him I I would say some teams might have a little bit of interest in him because um, he's so uh, pliable. You can use him in different places. And look, you talk about guys who are coming on, Simon Holmstrom probably has a ton of trade uh, uh, value right now. You, you know, uh, you could include him in the deal, you know, Holmstrom and a first rounder for something probably gets you something really, really good. Um, Thomas Boyle says, do you see Doug Huda, uh, getting fired before the end of this season? No, I, I not No, These John McClain and Doug Huda will be here, uh, through the rest of the season. Now it will be interesting in the off season, you know, if Patrick Waugh wants to bring in his own staff and, uh, and that's certainly his prerogative of course. Um, so, I you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee that Doug Huda or Johnny Mack are, are here next season, uh if Patrick Wise is thinking he's got his own guys. Um Sam Nat says is all hope lost on this season and no, no, we, we are not there, Sam Nat. I mean, it's you know, I, I it's probably I'm not looking at any of these analytic sites that give you playoff percentage for the islanders or yeah uh, the chances of making it I'd say it's probably under 50% right now but that's that's not all hope being lost on the season. Um St. James says what does this team need more another puck moving defenseman or a scoring winger? I'll be honest right now I I would concentrate on getting a scoring winger. Um and you work with what you have with On defense, and you try and make it work that way. Um, Brian G says, will Ryan Pulak be uh, back in a few weeks from his broken foot? And uh, look, the Islanders have not said it's a broken foot. Brian G is reporting it's a broken foot. Um, Will he be back in a few weeks? Uh, It's tough to tell. He has not resumed skating. Um, So I, I, I certainly, well... I'll go to the next question. Rob, any info on Pulak? Will he be ready coming out of the All-Star break? I, I do not think he'll be ready to jump into the lineup out of the All-Star break. I, I still think we're, we're more in Brian G's time, timeline of weeks rather than days at this point. Um, let's see. Richard Vollmer says, uh, I didn't read anything along the lines of thanking Lane Lambert for his hard work. And wishing him and his family well. Is that not Lou's style or just so happy to move on? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I would have to go back and read the whole transcript of uh, Lou and, and Patrick Waugh's uh, press availability on on the January 20th i i I seem to recall Lou you know thanking uh you know saying some nice things about Lane Lambert and it's not that it's not Lou's style to uh come out with a uh you know that standard press release you know we we appreciate all the hard work and we wish him nothing but the best in the future blah you know that type of thing um I I I I don't think Lou was being stingy on that. I I do seem to remember uh, Lou saying some complimentary things about how hard Lane Lambert worked and and him just not being sure why it didn't work out with Lane. Um Andre Legault says uh the Islanders have no sponsor on the jersey, no corporate sponsor, and I love that. In my opinion, a pro NHL jersey should never have any publicity on it, same for Major League Baseball. Uh My question, is it a decision from the Islanders' management, or is it simply that they have not found the right partner? And I think it's more the latter. I think any NHL team, once once that, you know, kind of, Line had been crossed. I think, you know, why should the Islanders not not explore that revenue stream if X amount of other teams are making money like that? You know, why why cut off your nose to spite your face, basically? I just, I, I believe it's that they have not found the right uh, business partner for that uh, as of yet. Um, only Kabbalah says are the Islanders players allowed to have any contact with Coach Wah during the All-Star break? If I am an Islanders player, I would want as much time with Wah as I could get this week to find out what his expectations are. And also, Joseph uh, Duhame says, will the team be practicing through the break, or will they be off for eight days? And yes, this is a a collective bargaining agreement between the NHL and the NHL Players Association. The The this is downtime for the players. They, they are not allowed to practice. Um, and the, the first time they are allowed to come back, uh, on the ice together as a collective unit is, uh, the Sunday afternoon. So that would be February 4th. Uh, it would be the first time they could practice together, uh, through the all-star break and whether they have, you know, they're texting Patrick, why or not, um, look these I, I'm not saying this in a negative way most of these players um, are somewhere are going to be somewhere warm for a few days <laughs> during the all-star break and and coaches tell you um, that the season is such a grind it's not so much you know the physical rest it's the mental break and and coaches really want the players getting away from hockey right now and coming back uh fresher rather than weighing them down and you know handing out uh you know tablets and saying okay you got to watch these 25 video clips every day to uh, figure out what's going on. They they want uh, the players coming back more refreshed. But in terms of the CBA, no practice until Sunday, February 4th, and that can't even be a morning practice. That would be in the afternoon, and then I believe the Islanders would travel up to Toronto uh, post-practice. Um, Damien... Uh, as a neo sorry if that's incorrect Damien uh, William Defour just give me some hope for his future look uh, there is hope for his future he is he is a big body he's got some hands he can shoot um, I, I don't think he's projected you know probably, he's probably not a top six forward in the NHL but uh, he could be a very efficient bottom six player for the Islanders. It's just not this season. The Islanders have to clear out a little bit of roster space, basically, for William DeFord to be an efficient player for them. And uh, Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck both on expiring contracts. And uh, I think that's where you start looking. Um, Ace Jack says, since Kyle McClain was called up to replace Casey Sezekis, what does this mean? The Islanders have given up on Otto Koivula. And, um, yeah, I, I I think in terms of uh, playing in the NHL, I, I, I don't know that Otto Koivula is going to play in the NHL for the Islanders on a frequent basis at any point. Um, Cousin It says, Lou always says when you have time, use it. Did Lou wait too long to fire lane? lane? Uh, you know what? A, a case could be made for that. Um, you know, they, they were... They had a rough, rough patch in in uh, in uh, in November. Lou stuck with them through December, and then it sort of flagged in January. So you know, you could make the case that if Lou had made the move in November and brought in Patrick, then uh, maybe the Islanders are doing better. Um, but look, you know. Lou wanted Lane, Lou really wanted it to work for Lane. So, uh, you know, he he still saw good things in Lane in November. Um, that's all I can tell you. Keith Amato says, uh, n- uh, not so much a question as a comment. I'm going to enjoy the All-Star break, specifically because the Islanders aren't playing Season is anything but enjoyable with what with their inconsistency, sloppy turnovers and propensity to take dumb penalties. No New York Islanders equals no aggravation or frustration. Um, well, Keith, all I can say is enjoy the break then. <laughs> I hope maybe you get to go someplace warm as well. Um and we'll finish with one since 40 says Bridgeport, the Islanders AHL affiliate, has four regulation wins in 40 games thus far. And I went back and counted, and they the the Bridgeport Islanders have four regulation wins so far, and the last one came on December 22nd. It's almost unheard of, and this is one since '40 talking about the cupboard is bare down there. Have you heard any news concerning improved scouting, acquiring draft picks, and improving that team? And honestly, no. And look, that that's something that is not going to be addressed until the off season. And I think it, it you know, it, it's part of the bigger question: Does Lou Lamarillo come back? next season or not. If Lou Lamarillo is not coming back next season, there are going to be tremendous changes with Bridgeport. For one, I don't expect Chris Lamarillo to be the Bridgeport GM if his father is not around. And then you have to worry about uh, whether Rick Kowalski comes back as well. But if Lou is back, I, I think then Chris Lamarillo remains the Bridgeport GM. But so, thank you for all those questions, and uh, again, thank you to Pierre Turgeon, and congratulations to him for uh, for his induction into the Hall of Fame. Uh, any Islanders content, as you know, is available at newsday.com
1: backslash Isles, and until after the All Star break, happy hockey, everybody!